Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I am your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nickel. And today on the show, again, we've got Josh Graham from Roost Mortgages, who's going to be joining us for this and five other episodes. Now, of course, Josh and Roost joined us for the Queenstown League of Our National Seminar Tour, which was last night. Now, today's topic is what happens if interest rates spike? Now, this was a question that came out at the uh, investment seminar last night, and I think it's probably comes from the fact that... Uh, for, for those of you who have been in the property market for a while, you may remember when interest rates were up around that 18% mark, and you may be wondering, well, what happens, even though that was just back in the 80s, what happens if that happens again, and will that mean that uh, investing in property is perhaps not the right decision if that was to happen. Now, I read a lot of economic reports, and what the things that I'm reading is typically that we are in what they call a new low interest rate environment that we're not typically likely to see this in the future. But join with me and Josh, what what are some of the reasons why that's the case? Yeah, well, I guess the uh, <coughs> interesting thing at the moment is, is obviously uh, a, la- a lack of growth and inflation in the New Zealand market, and obviously uh, we have quite a uh, firm money stimulus policy here in New Zealand, and the Reserve Bank monitors this very closely, um, I and mean, I'm sure you're really aware of that, Ed, uh, obviously reading those economic reports. So uh, the Reserve Bank is trying extremely hard at the moment to keep inflation at a realistic level um, for the future and obviously to instil some uh, business confidence, thereby uh, seeing some growth in the market. Um, Generally how they do this is obviously slashing interest rates um, to encourage that borrowing, try and uh, put more money in in the consumer's pocket so they continue to spend, um, which will in turn allow the economy to grow. so all of those things uh, point towards obviously that the low interest rate environment that we are seeing and if uh, the economists are true uh, and what they're saying at the moment it's that we're there, there to stay for some time. And one of the reasons just for the people at home that that the Reserve Bank would keep interest rates so low is that they have uh, an inflation target. They are attempting to keep the consumer price index which measures inflation between 1% and 3%. Now uh, consumer price index has been so low or the growth in the consumer price index has been so low that they're having to keep dropping interest rates in order to to achieve that and really interest rates are the only tool that the Reserve Bank Governor has in order to keep inflation within that band that they're attempting to do. And so that I, I was reading from ANZ the other day that their economist expects that the official cash rate will be 0.25 by early next year which is an extra 0.75 from what it currently is. But just while you're, while you're in here, Andrew, as well, say that interest rates did spike, what are some of the measures that you would typically recommend uh, that an investor put in place to try and safeguard against that that added expense? Sure, so, so I mean, we've I've operated in, in uh, markets with much, much higher interest rates, uh, <laughs> never lower, but much higher interest rates. And so part of that, uh, when we're planning with a client, often what we will do is figure out what sort of tolerance they have towards you know contributions and then see what sort of interest rate tolerance they have. And then when we're doing their budget, we might budget on, say, a 6% interest rate or something like that, and, and then they can be putting that, their money aside for their contribution now if they're topping up their rental property based on 6%, even if they're only paying 35 and the extra money just accumulates in the account. Now, what that means is that they'll continue that right the way up until the rates go to 6 but then also beyond that because they've already been been building up a significant buffer so they might be able to get eight nine percent before it actually has a major bite for them 
So that's one strategy that we use on a regular basis. Um, the the other thing is, I would always, um, as a as a backstop as well, recommend that clients have a revolving credit facility just to kind of uh, um, have as a safety net. I know we've spoken about this before. Ideally, you don't want to be using this for your top up, but if for some reason there was an unnatural spike for you know, say twelve months, that might be a better alternative than selling that rental property. I mean, I say better alternative because if interest rates are really really high, that's probably because house prices are skyrocketing. So you probably don't want to be selling then and missing out on the opportunity cost of having that property and riding out there, weathering that storm. So we often talk about weathering that storm when it comes to investing in property. If this is a 10 to 15 year plan for you, expect to see some higher interest rates at some stage. So let's have a strategy so that you, you don't have to sell in those times. And similarly, would you expect that that rents might go up to compensate for that as well? Because, uh, you know, we always talk about that. If we take it back to the basics of, of economics, if you ha- if suppliers are faced with higher costs, then they're going to increase uh, increase their prices in order to compensate for Absolutely. that. Absolutely, and we've seen that with ring fencing already or, or with um, Labor's change to uh, not allowing a landlord to, or property manager to charge a leasing fee to a tenant now. Rents have started to increase to reflect that because, let's face it, we're running a business and if the cost of sale goes up or the cost of you know having this product, this, this service of having a rental property, then you're likely to see rents go up. And the other thing that I'd, just to bring it back to this idea of where are interest rates generally going, it's really important to, to note that New Zealand's official cash rate is still higher than what we're seeing overseas. The Bank of Japan has had negative interest rates for, for a long time and the Reserve Bank's uh, interest rate is lower. So New Zealand, although I wouldn't say our official cash rate or interest rates are, are really high, there is still some move to, some room to come down as well. Yeah, absolutely agree with you on that one there, Ed. And it's uh, interesting that you say that, uh, and Andrew's point there about, you know, by, hey, uh, the middle of next year we could see our OCR close to zero as well. I think the key thing um, for uh, investors to be aware of out there is that there probably is a flaw uh, in terms of where interest rates can get in New Zealand purely on the basis that um, the Reserve Bank requires the banks to obviously raise a, a major amount of their lending book onshore um, so they can't go and obviously access these uh, extremely cheap rates offshore and so every time they cut their uh, lending rates they've got to cut their depositor rates and so there's going to be a point in time where these depositors uh, are basically saying enough is enough and I'm now prepared to take a uh, a slight well, a little bit more risk with my deposits um, to subsequently find uh, maybe doubling their return. You know, if we do see them get under 2%, uh, it might be that, you know, that, that they're down to ring up their, their local mutual fund provider f- uh, and looking at a cash equivalent fund um, that's making, you know, 4% after fees and taxes there uh, as a viable alternative. Uh, and especially if we see uh, the Reserve Bank bring in these uh, capital constraints to the bank, we could we could see um, them actually head back the other way uh, if they don't cut the OCR, as I know a lot of economists said, and you can probably add in here, um, are picking that if we do see a cut in November, it could be in conjunction with uh, increased capital constraints, and, and we may see them sort of level out and, and, and no drop from the cut, but maybe no increase from these constraints. 
Fantastic. So I guess to, to answer the question again, if what happens if interest rates spike? The first thing we're kind of saying is that the risk that they're going to to spike or even increase over time, certainly in the foreseeable future, is quite low. They're generally more likely to head in the other direction. However, to protect yourself from the risk that that happened for whatever reason because of a major global event, here are some of the strategies you can use in order to, to be able to safeguard against that. Now, just before we wrap up, I do want to mention that we have our last uh, stop on our national seminar tour. That's going to be in Auckland, and we have both a first home buyer and an investment property event happening up there. So if you're interested to register for your free ticket, then go to opuspartners.co.nz. That's opespartners.co.nz. And of course, please don't forget to rate and review, subscribe to this podcast and whichever podcast listening app that you prefer. Until next time, let's bring in that outro music. Thank you for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with more daily insights, strategies and tactics to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.